All right, Frank, we got to talk. I mean, look, this theme park has been going real strong for a long time, but no one's showing up anymore. It's it's in the shitter. We we need a fresh new look. We need we need some way to revitalize this because these you know, these these man at arm trains are just not doing it anymore. When my father passed this theme park on to me, he said, "Whatever you do." Don't skip out on using nails in all of your roller coasters and keep He-Man strong. And I, I know. that's what I tried to do. I know, and there's been very few lawsuits d- despite how many nails we have in all those rides. It's been very impressive, frankly. I think only by the grace of Grayskull have we been able to pull this off. But we do have to yeah. get with the times. Yeah, you might be right. Well, I'm glad you feel that way because I hired a consultant. He's going to come in and uh, tell us what's what. All right, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but... Uh... I don't know. Uh, I gotta make Papa proud. Room? Oh, okay. Oh, hey guys, I was uh, looking for something about a He-Man theme park. Is that Andy, you? Hey. so good to see you. Hey, hey. Welcome in. How's it going? Um, I hate to say it, guys, but I don't think the He-Man thing is really as strong a theme anymore. What? Like, those memes are pretty dead. Literal blasphemy. What, what are you trying to pull? you trying to get us riled up? Are you some sort of good cop, bad cop all in one? Well, all, all I'm trying to say is there's there's a lot to work with in the He-Man universe, but the character itself, I just, there, it's hard to get around. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to relate to He-Man these days. It's kind of the whole Superman versus Batman thing. People don't really want Superman. He's, he's too good. He's too macho. You know, <laughs> he's not he the strongest man, man in the universe. A- Andy, I promised I would hear you out, but I got to say, you're not starting off strong. What, what are, I respect, what okay. are your, some ideas so, okay. for this well, theme here's, park? Here's the headline. All right. All right. she Right? That's a, a big shock. It's a big change. Big splash. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Everyone's coming poster you have here. here. What do we got? Okay. It looks she an ra- Amazonian woman, eh? <laughs> she is Amazonian. You can still absolutely feature He-Man. He-Man could be a part of it, but this is just something that the kids are into these days. It's easier to relate to. It's it's much more progressive. Um, it's not called He-Man. <laughs> That's a benefit uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you come into the park, and up on the up in the rafter, it says He-Man, big letters, featuring She-Ra, and then she's there too in this little she's poster. In the but it's mostly He-Man. Uh, I d- He-Man I on top, and then the subtitle. <laughs> you know, I mean, the they're, they're movie, siblings, and then the explanation think... of the movie She-Ra. Including not He-Man, comma, She-Ra. <laughs> that would be, no, that would be the most explicit way to put it in there because, comma you know, it's going to be confusing otherwise. I don't want Kids it to be uh, explicit and I don't want He-Man to be on top of She-Ra. I think uh, there could be, it, I mean, it's just a way of freshening things up. You know, we're not trying to get rid of He-Man, yeah, just kind of yeah. move Subtle, him Subtlety the for the modern audience. Exactly. Okay. Something a little more nuanced, a, a little less yeah. He-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, we pull them in slow. All right, all right. How, how do we how do we redo this roller coaster then? We got we got Skeletor's Revenge, and it's a bunch of He Man pop ups coming out the sides. Are you saying we should just get rid of those? Can't get rid of those. Uh, those are the lifeblood of this He-Man's thing. He Man's the biggest seller. He is really cool, but we could update it. I mean, have you seen the uh-huh. cast of villains that Shira's got to work with, for example? <sighs> I don't. I don't know. I'm seeing uh, this scorpion even have a thing. I don't see how head. it's better than Beast thing. <laughs> And I don't know. Okay, maybe, so I'm, maybe I'm just old timer. But look but at Hordak. What I'm thinking is Hordak is so much cooler looking than Skeletor. Skeletor's played out. You know what I mean? I don't think people. I, I will not hear. Sh- I will not hear th- shade thrown onto Skeletor's good bad name. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate you coming in here, Andy. 
but I, I think you're just missing the point. He-Man has been in, has been our cash cow, our golden goose, our some other animal with money in it for as long as we can remember. Yeah. We wouldn't be employed without He-Man, and we're not about to give up the power of Skull to some newfangled, hippie-loving, woman-toting, she-having... I'm running out of I'm running out of angry adjectives, Frank. You gotta help me. Rah rah rah, making. Uh, yeah, yeah that's we good. don't we we're not into it. What we we we're all about the He-Man. So you could start off with She-Ra, but as long as people know that underneath that, you know, it's like He-Man and drag. You know, he's still the center, even if she, it looks like this She-Ra you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that golden breastplate is hov- is covering the tender, yet homicidal heart of He-Man. Right, right. The supple jawline. Those beautiful locks in a bowl cut. The come hither lips. Those eyes. The looking, shit-eating grin that just draws you in and doesn't let go. Looking just off-center. All right, guys. Oh. I've got a new... I think we need to take five here. Yeah, can we... Can we uh, let's just... Let's <laughs> Get a little hot and bothered. We'll only need, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to introduce you guys to this redesign of Seahawk. There's a new <gasps> new hot dude in town. He's Look beautiful. at this guy. Have you seen the mustache? Now this this is a this is a man you can put on your posters. He's the that's, a, that's a boy. man you could eat an omelet shaped like He-Man's face off his abs. It's <laughs> a real He-Man, you know what I'm saying? I do. He is. He's a He-Man for a new generation. And his haircut is uh, way better. <clears throat> All right. We'll change the marquee. It will be Seahawk parentheses technically he-man featuring she-ra parentheses he-man and drag beautiful perfect title <laughs> andy thanks so much you've you've saved the park it's gonna save the business <laughs> My beloved steed. Fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said, For the honor of Grayskull! It occurs to me that the last time you were on, we also had like a uh, you know women aren't involved here. I'm kind oh, of yeah. wondering if this is a well. this is a troubling trend. <laughs> it's not us this time. I like though. it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it wasn't us that. last time either. It's just the nature of cartoonum that you know women are not heavily featured, and when they are, it's like whoa, check it out because a woman is involved and not right. because of any other reason. It's a huge shock, and it's extremely progressive because there's a girl. <laughs> Yeah, yep. and I want to get out ahead of it and say that yeah, we we know it's us three guys talking about this uh, female centric show, but it's hey, because man, it's a good it show, Cyber Six and, uh, and it has been brought style. to us by our guest, and so we will introduce ourselves and him. 
yeah, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do it. Uh, I, man, this accent is like gristle. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I was fading into walking to save myself. <laughs> <laughs> we only have the one. We only have like turf boss <laughs> Italian <laughs> as like our accent. It's our I only mean, like it old guy accent. It's captivating. Thanks. It, it, it separates the intro from the main part of the show. I definitely should work on my accent game. Mm, it separates the intro from the show. Though. It separates. It gets rid of the wheat from the chaff. Is the threshing machine? That's our new ride. <laughs> the thresher. <laughs> There's it's a new He-Man ride running you down in a literal thresher. <laughs> Wheaties, breakfast of champions. Chaffee's breakfast of losers. <laughs> what are you... What? Are, what? I'm so Just tired. what? I've uh, been sick and I've been watching podcast. Survivor all day. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Andy. I mean, Andrew. Uh, hey, you can call my me My name that. is Ben. And my name is Aim. Yeah, and welcome to the podcast. Andrew. I don't know Shit. That what did I do? What's that? Uh, we usually get it now. I, some yeah usually i don't know we we don't clear it with our guests <laughs> all right let's cover our bases andrew say your name i'm andrew all right now i'm gonna do the address uh, the intro thing and then we'll also introduce you this is good uh and this is the carton cast we watch old cartoons the podcast where we watch car- old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults and today we are joined by andrew spawn hi great thrilling intro I guess let's just continue. (laughs) Noah, thank you so much for coming on. Andrew Spawn, the master of entertaining ways to park your car himself. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. It's good to be back. Uh, (laughs) Always a pleasure to hang out with you all. What? It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot hot minute. You ain't been on for a while. Yeah, it's Uh, been some of the hottest minutes. Johnny Quest, I believe. Yeah, that was like a long time ago, guys. It was a while. Yeah. yeah. We are very lazy. But you guys have been, been on my show a lot. It's not like you're not doing new content. I mean, there's all <sighs> the empowered. There's, uh, you've both been on my podcast since I've been on yours. A couple I think times. so. Yeah, I, I believe I have. I think that, uh, yeah, uh, that, that seems we, correct. <laughs> listen, we are Carton and the podcasters of power. So by the power of Grayskull, we will appear on any podcasts necessary. Uh, okay. That makes sense, I guess. You just kind of have to let him do it, I guess. <laughs> it's like, it's easier than stifling it. <laughs> right. I want to let him soar. You know, I don't want to hold him back. I think uh, in the long run, that's going to be Oh, good you want to swift him, but... wind him? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to you zap him with your sword so he grows wings. I love that, like, horse turns into flying horse, and everyone responds in the normal way that they should, which is like, that's... <laughs> Oh boy! And the horse <laughs> is, is like, I don't know what's happening. Now talking, <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle this. Anyway, I like the Swift Wind arc of the show for sure. <laughs> Andrew, please, uh, would you like to uh, tell us about your own show and, okay. yeah, what you do? Hey guys, uh, I do a theme park design show. So like, my guest gets to pick a topic, and then we casually brainstorm a theme park around it. Uh, for example, Zane and I did one based on Survivor, the TV show. And Ben and I have done, uh, what, Mega Man and something else, probably? Shonen World, I believe. Shonen World, yeah. And I, I had and, a murder and, mystery one. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mystery City. I forgot about that. That one was we awesome, kinda, actually. I, I Like, I think that Zane and I just need to kind of keep pace on other people's podcasts or we start to feel like the other one's winning. 
<laughs> I haven't actually talked this out with him, but I think that that is the case. That could be. There's a delicate balance of power. The more powerful one podcast gets, it, it draws power from the other runes the other eight. powering the others. <laughs> yep. I don't know how far you got into this season, but... Uh... Uh, the entire way. I watched the whole yeah, thing. Same. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, Andrew, I what is the name watching. of your podcast, just so we don't oh, forget? Yeah, it's Amusement Sparks. You can find it at amusementsparks.com or it on sure your is. or in your favorite podcast app. Yeah, or or uh, real quick, uh, yes, Andrew Spawn is an illustrious member of the executive ge- gentleman's club known as Fancy Bat. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's he's a contributing member. He's uh, one of our founding members, and I'm very happy to have him as part of our collective. So go check him out through there or through his own website. Either way, mm-hmm. it's a real good time. Yeah. Frequent Gaston empowered. Gaston. Sure. Gaston. Oh, <laughs> Gaston. I'm sorry. I miss, I got confused literally for some reason. I thought, I thought about <laughs> Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. but Well, you got confused that way because that's how he pronounced it. Oh. For no reason. <laughs> Maybe that was one of those acronyms that's supposed Absolute. to save time while he's sick. I think what he's thinking is, like, no one can fight like Gaston. That means Gaston's the strongest man in the universe. That means... <laughs> I, I, think there's a, I think there's a connecting thread here. No, I'm with you. That's, that's good, because I'm not. I think that Gaston is the Seahawk of Beauty and the Beast. You're blowing my mind. I, I know. <laughs> there are parallels everywhere in the universe. <laughs> yep, and there's also masters, no matter where yeah. you go. Yes. There's masters and mistresses. And mistress sounds a lot more unwholesome than master, does it not? I don't know. I like mistress. It's kind of cool. I think I think it's cool. Like, I feel I think... master is more oppressive. It's definitely more oppressive. It also has that apprenticeship feel that I kind of dig, though. Like a Jedi master. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's cool. Or a master yeah. of a... Uh... A master, no. of, a master of oh my god, I can't think of anything. We're done. Disaster, master, master of, of your own yes, domain? a master of disaster, a master oh, of blaster. Master. <laughs> uh, so uh, today we are talking about Shira, Shara, the prince, power princess Shara, and <laughs> yeah, it, the pronunciation is not consistent. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. It just I'm pronouncing it wrong deliberately for the goof. No, sometimes it's different. Um, but yeah, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, it started streaming on Netflix like a month ago, um, November 2018 for its first season. Well, it hang on, very... Zane. <clears throat> yeah. Slow your roll. Now, Bucko. you know, I, I haven't cleared this with you guys about how you want to do this, but I think that it's uh, only fair to warn our audience that new format approaching, not really, not new format, but this is a new type of episode that I'd like to do every so often where we look at a reboot alongside its original so this is going to be our the first of our reheated segments uh, <laughs> oh, i love that name that's great <laughs> i deliberated on it for a surprisingly long amount of time <laughs> we take our eggs very serious <laughs> more serious if not us who mm. and if not who shoe if oh my god i'm losing a lot of st- i'm burning through my endurance real quick guys this is gonna be the last reheated episode so i hope you all yeah, yep it. first and last in and out one and done yeah uh this one and, and you know it's weird to start a new segment on such a, a weird uh example of it because this is not a, a straight up reboot but this is a reboot of a spin-off of something we've done previously so while we will talk about the original and its context um we're mostly going to be analyzing this as its own unique show so before we get started on the princess of power let's start 
where She-Ra began in 1985. So, yes, yeah. uh, the the show of a similar name, Shira, the Princess of Power, uh, which itself is a spinoff title of He Man, which we discussed constantly since we reviewed it over a hundred episodes ago. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? That's nuts. <laughs> it's so strong. It's the strongest episode in the universe. Um, and the original uh, was born out of a need to sell action figures and was produced by Filmation and Mattel. Uh, whereas the modern incarnation is produced by DreamWorks in association with Mattel, and I think. The distinction between um, being made to sell toys versus being made as part of like a network Netflix original thing drives a lot of the differences between these. Night and day. I mean, it's it's an entire different, it's an entirely different framework for making a cartoon. You you have an, a totally different motivation, and that colors literally everything you do. Not to mention the fact that animation styles and technology for producing a cartoon has changed dramatically. So true for the the Mattel angle they wanted to make toys and they wanted to be able to mass produce them and have a bunch of different characters but they didn't want them to look too different be different sizes have different shapes different body styles so if you look at the he-man action figures well, it's, they're it's all a tooling the budget. same yeah exactly a tooling budget you're right i actually uh i actually kind of got deep into this uh the Ooh. the reasons for producing she-ra out of he-man um so the the reasons of it were I I, I kind of watched a documentary, or most of a documentary, the Power of Grayskull documentary. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. No. Sounds wonderful. It's a, it's a good watch. It's it, it details kind of the He-Man story from beginning to now, and how it went through, you know, an explosive growth, and then they struggled to find a new voice, and then eventually came into She-Ra. And the reasons of it were, you know, one, to sell action figures, and you are right. There's a tooling budget in it, which is... You know, don't reinvent the wheel. We already have these models. We can kind of color shift them and give them a new shield, and now it's a different guy. And uh, that's a lot of what needed to be done is just cram the shelves with new action figures because that's what uh, that's what the market demanded. And it, it sort of it sort of led to the bottoming out of the show and the decrease in popularity as time went on. And a lot of the original uh, talent kind of seeing the fire growing in the distance and jumping ship before it got to them. So, I mean, if you were wanted to find out why the show dropped in quality in later seasons and, you know, they started repeating themselves, that is definitely a reason why, is because it was a uh, demand for the market that it couldn't keep up with. Um, but speaking of She-Ra, it was born out of an, a, a desire to sell not only new action figures, but also because some market research came in and realized that 33% of the kids watching He-Man were girls mm -hmm. untapped wallets yeah like a totally untapped market it was not unheard of for uh girls to be playing with their brother's he-man action figures and and that that you know that's just money in the bank you already have a committed audience all you need to do is make a toy for them and you had uh you had she-ra and this uh she-ra the the 1985 version was created by as you said um, worked on by Mattel, and from what I could, from what I discovered, the creative team cre putting together Shira was actually like weirdly progressive for its time. 
So I did uh, notice the direct. A lot of the episodes are directed by female-sounding names. Gwen Wexler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, sort of a rebel in the field that paved the way for Shira, and like, you know, a lot of people left because they didn't want to be directed by a woman. Like, this is the '80s, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, the glass ceiling was very much was a lot lower back then, at least in this industry. Huh. Yeah, I guess I guess if you're trying to make a you know badass action show rather than you know gem in the holograms, um, you'll you'll get more resistance. But also, there's there's more of a market. And it was also part of their culture, like uh, because Mattel was a bit more pro- progressive in their hiring practices. You can kind of see it also going along with their ideals. You know, they uh-huh. want to have a positive role model for young girls. Um, but you know. The show was somewhat critiqued by it being a cheap female counterpart to E-Man. And you can kind of see that in the They're way not that wrong, the show yeah. starts. Because <laughs> yeah. the show starts, it's almost all like, oh, He-Man's in a new dimension. You know, doing wacky schemes with these random other people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I like what they do with the plot in terms of, oh, our hero was once a villain. Um, that is but very in terms cool. Of, but in oh, terms yeah. of, uh, you know, character growth and, and texturing... Uh, it's it's really not so different from He-Man overall. No, and at the end of the day, I think that as much as I liked that they were creating She-Ra, I didn't find her that much more interesting. And everything about the actual show was copy-pasted. You know, same voice actors, same limited animation, uh, same nearly identical theme song. It's the same, pretty much the same invocation to make their powers. It's the same plot structure. Even the interest Fabulous secret powers were revealed to her. Yes, <laughs> yes, dandy secret powers, dandy mystery powers. Um, and even the intro cinematic looks like it was made from He-Man's cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, they made sure to have, you know, quirky, weird-sounding sidekick. Um, a shitty wizard. Yeah, shitty wizard, powerful uh, steed of a sort, magic sword. Mm-hmm. Like, they... They were like, it's, this It was works. a formula Let's that just... they trusted their <laughs> lives with by this point. We're... We're not heightening, we're widening. Yep. Yeah. It's an iteration on a classic. It's not a new product. Totally true. The toys look different, though. They, they. I mean, they kind of. I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't feel like they looked that different. They're just kind of like off-brand Barbie-looking things made by the same people who made Barbie. So all the main <laughs> figures, like all the main characters, have the exact same body type and size and everything. It's like He-Man, like... We can swap out the heads, mm-hmm. maybe, the hair, definitely, outfits, yes, but they have to be identical other than that. Yeah, the the molding, because it molds, like doll molds, cost more than, you know, paint or whatever, um, this is why a lot of the characters in the shows looked so similar, and this is another reason why um, getting rid of that toy-based model allows for the modern incarnation to be much more diverse in terms of uh, body, body types. The... Uh... One of the things that the Power of Grayskull documentary went through is that um, there was kind of a power struggle when she was She-Ra was created. They wanted to make her awesome, like feminine yet powerful. Like power was the theme of She-Ra in the way that it's the theme of everything that they did with Masters of the Universe. But specifically, they wanted to make sure that she conveyed strength. And, you know, they, they borrowed a lot of facial features from Barbie. So she's got like, you know, a real model <laughs> face. <laughs> you know, she's she's got come hither lips and very like full eyelashes and everything. It like the face is very different from He Man, but she also has like meaty like meaty thews for legs. 
And uh, a lot of the executives were like pushing back against them when they tried to make She-Ra. They were like, you need to make it less... Uh, you need to... <laughs> a woman is not allowed to do this much like if you're gonna have her in the show she can't like physically altercate she can you know maybe she steps out of the way and the guy accidentally crashes but she's not allowed to throw stuff and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you that's the whole point of making a power lady (laughs) power lady (laughs) i mean to be fair they wouldn't let he-man swing his sword either no but Um, he still punched shit andrew did you watch the original growing up uh not growing up I, yeah, didn't really come across in preparation it in for the this. wild. In preparation for this, absolutely. After the watching the 2018 series, I went back and wanted to see, you know, connections. I was just curious because I love the new series so much. And it came from uh, pretty humble beginnings, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't so think then I guess wrong. my question is what, what drove you to check this out in the first place? Because, I, I mean, I know it came up on my, you know, recommended for you Netflix things because it's like, oh, you know, you enjoy teenagers with enjoy? feelings. Yeah, yeah, you know, angst. beautiful, beautiful a, teenagers angsting. Yeah, that's that's right up my alley. It, I don't know. It it just dude. The I thumbnail. know. I went on the Shonen episode with you, <laughs> right? It's um, pretty much a Shonen show. As soon as I you know scrolled over it on Netflix and like the big banner image came up, I'm like, yes, okay, I'm into this. Um, I I don't know. I grew up loving uh, Sailor Moon, which in a way is kind of a spinoff. I'm sure I had some inspiration taken from Shira, the original. Where mm-hmm. it's kind of, I don't know, just a, a female superhero show, like a Power Rangers of of girls doing this stuff, um, and I love that show. I don't know, it had a lot more like slice of life kind of thing. It was more of a diverse uh, show. It wasn't just one genre. It wasn't just superhero stuff. Um, there, yeah, but I don't know. I always loved Sailor Moon, and then I was like, just this as kind of like an anime. Plot. What's that? Just as much unnecessary plot as She-Ra. <laughs> <laughs> True. Convoluted, uh, really complicated, like, villains and structures and relationships. And, yeah, mm-hmm. gives me more to think about than just who are we punching this week. Yeah, yeah I, and it's, I think it's, we, we, we both went through our Sailor Moon episode uh, with a friend of mine, and I totally agree. I think that Sailor Moon is, like, really special and a really positive message for girls, so... And it's neat there. to see that it took inspiration from the original She-Ra, and then this She-Ra, you know, clearly takes inspiration in terms of, you know, transformation yeah. and in terms of uh, character interactions and character designs. Um, this definitely has a much more anime feel mm-hmm. uh, and anime style in terms yeah. of the characters. So, yeah, definitely. But at the time, man, when She-Ra <laughs> came out, the 1985 She-Ra came out, it was it was all pretty much He-Man. Like, this, we were still in the uh, that era, so... Yeah. Even though the hearts were in the right place, the uh you know, the the designs of the time, we're just trying to sell toys. This is the market that likes them. We don't yeah. need to and, we don't need to for, be that creative here. For me, that was the interesting thing, uh you know, finishing up the modern one and going back. Yeah. And I see, oh, all of these characters that I've learned to really enjoy and appreciate are here the plot elements the places the the all of this stuff it's here it's just flat yeah there's yeah. just no it just <laughs> ironically flat depth to it 1985 shira is ironically flat yeah <laughs> limited animation yeah so but the but the idea of taking you know those plot elements and putting on a new story it's like a, a if you remember they made like a super mario brothers opera where they put all sorts of like 
you know, dramatic angst into the part of like, oh, you know, Mario tried and he failed, then he died, and then Luigi was invented as a super soldier kind of thing. Like that sort <laughs> of nonsense. What is this? Are that you sounds like same <laughs> thing. It sounds like the Proto Man. It, it's, like yeah, it's similar to Proto Man. <laughs> the reboot, the reimagining. I love it. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Don't get us started on Proto Man again. You have no idea. We oh, nerded out so hard yeah. when we like first met about Proto Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. There's nothing, nothing else to say about it. It's like no, I agree. I mean, it's like <laughs> fan fiction. It's like let's let's take this thing that we love that is not amazing, but is amazing to us, and make it amazing to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not always successful. You know, you look at the things they've tried to do to flesh out the universe of like Metroid or like some Sonic games, and like sometimes it's better off just as like this little thing. But here, I think expanding it like really grew legs. Well, in in the original, when He-Man, you know, spun off into She-Ra, I actually think that it lost a lot. Uh-huh. Mm, um, that's fair. You know, I, I, I think that, uh, that my major gripes with it were kind of twofold. One of them is I think that the atmosphere is far less effective because it, it seemed to me, in an effort to one-up themselves, that the creators cranked the fantasy elements up. So, we, you uh-huh. know, instead of just a giant cat, we now have a Pegasus, and there's a lot more magic bullshit going on yeah that delicate balance was uh it it used to it used to be a delicate balance of of technology and magic and he-man was in the middle of it to you know use a magic laser blaster swing a mighty fist and i don't know it it it, i didn't really enjoy that they kind of went to one side of that you know uh seesaw um so that was my first gripe the second is that it it loses the camp yeah that's a good point. You know? Yeah, He-Man is much more entertaining, I think. And and not just because it's about a bunch of burly dudes, but I don't know. The it is like you said more campy and there is still that kind of goofy villain like I don't know. There's a lot to appreciate about He-Man. Oh, he's no Skeletor, man. What? Hordak? <laughs> he's no Skeletor, my dude. I, I guess I guess you're right. The original Hordak and the or, or, original She-Ra was just kind of let's just do a, another version of Skeletor, but yeah, we're, well, I'm saving it, it for the for the reboot. Hordak, it came across as much more Dr. Claw than, you know, mm. what Skeletor uh-huh. was, which was a goofy villain. You know, he's impotent. Right. And that was a that design was awesome. consideration. Yeah. They tried to increase the, like, drama of the actual plot while also increasing the screen time of the really annoying, like, goofy sidekicks. Uh, yeah. Like that witch thing? I don't... Oh, oh my I god, dude. I couldn't fucking handle her. <laughs> when she appeared in the second episode, I'm like, I swear to god, new She-Ra, you've got one chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're talking uh, about, I think, Madame Raz, I believe is her name. She yeah. was... Indeed it is. She was... I don't. She, I thought she was okay in the reboot, but then going back to the original, I'm like, oh my god, why didn't they kill this character off in the reboot? Like, she's horrible. <laughs> Absolutely. Because... Because they had, like, three of these, and the first one came in, and I'm like, okay, so that's Orko again. Yeah. And then the second one came in, and I'm like, all right, hopefully we won't see this person. And they just kept coming. I I do have a soft spot for Bo in the original. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. him. Yeah. He's impossibly beautiful and super gay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm way into his outfit. He's got that He-Man shit-eating grin looking off to the side. It's, <laughs> I don't know. He thinks he's the best. A little mustache. I think he would have been a good addition to He-Man. Like, I, it, the first episode when it's just kind of he and He-Man hanging out, it's like, 
These guys you don't cool. want to steal Man at Arms' thunder. <laughs> And 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 part of that is, um, you know, they didn't really know how to write women characters. It's a bunch of uh, men and, trying to write women characters, and so they all 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 the female characters came off as kind of stilted, or um, you know, one note. Whereas with Bo, like, oh, we know how to take a man and make him both daring and you It'd know, kind of subtle. a uh, yeah. There, there's subtlety that they've developed there that they just didn't try to extend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and subtlety it, like where his name is Bo. <laughs> and he's an That's, archer. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not across the board, so it, it's there. <laughs> I, I think that really speaks to a difference in the uh, creative community that makes cartoons these days. Back then, you didn't have the creative genius of a lot of women in the industry, and now you do. So mm-hmm. it's just it you have had so many more tools to work with. It, it's kind of. Like, I'd like to take that opportunity to look at the production of the modern one. Uh, well, I just want to say that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to relate it to something else that we've dealt with, which is uh, racism in cartoons, which mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of white guys trying to write Captain Planet are not really going to understand. They don't really get what they're doing. And so it comes across as kind of token races, like token uh, representation. Mm-hmm. And that that's sort of how the original She-Ra felt to me is like they, they, they had a woman there. But in a lot of ways, she was just a man that was a woman, <laughs> and that <laughs> is a shame. Yeah, but it, totally it got a lot better in the in the reboot. So yeah, Zane, lead us in. Yeah. So th- this show this reboot was created by noelle stevenson uh when she pitched it to netflix in 2016 uh she's best known for her comic series nimona and lumberjanes i've seen lumberjanes before mm-hmm. uh, they both received eisner awards yeah i'm gonna check out nimona later apparently it's a very acclaimed webcomic i've heard good things uh she is also younger than me which i believe is the first time that's happened for creators we've looked at wow <laughs> i feel like a big pile of shit yeah i think she's younger than all of us I I have that picture in uh, hung up in uh, in my living room here. That's uh, you know a, a series of fish eating each other, and I'm always looking at them like there's always a bigger fish. Just let that be. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you just have to accept at some point that you know Einstein has done more than we will ever do in his first ten years of life or whatever. Yeah, you're you're not going to be the rock and roll pope. Um, I oh I want to be a rock and roll pope, Zane. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I missed my chance. I missed my window. Write, write your rock opera for it. I got cold feet at the at the, at the Battle of the Bands as clergyman, young pope, wasn't that? Anyway, um, whatever. So, so both the cast of the show and the writers for the show are primarily female. Um, the show is known for being very LGBT plus representative Woo. and body positive, but not overly sexualizing the characters. So. Um, as you say, having a diverse and uh, bringing more women into the writing staff has a huge impact on the way that these things are presented. And of course, um, there was some initial anger from internet people. Uh, yeah. But, these, but the decisions were defended by the original series co-creator, J. Michael Straczynski. Um, so on the one hand, I'm glad that like, hey, we're glad that this is finally getting better representation and better thought on the other hand you know people only listening to that argument when a man puts it forward 
you know, I guess you got to kind of take your victories where you can get them. Yeah, it's it's going to be a long process, <laughs> I suppose. And I I think pioneering anything is is a little bit of a a struggle, and it's always a little controversial. Like like the original Shira, you know, getting some some women leadership might have been difficult for those those women to get through into those positions, and then they maybe didn't do the best work possible, but they pioneered it, and then the next generation uh-huh. has this is a real thing, you know, they've done it before. So now we can do it and we can do it better. I think that's, I don't know. Progress always takes uh, an awkward first couple steps, I think. And yeah, uh, kicking and screaming every time. It, <laughs> right. it is heartening that we see a very obvious progression from the eighties cartoon to this one. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know, the next generation of reboots after this will hopefully continue to be positive in so many ways and represent minorities well instead of just having these token characters that kind of thing i think we're making progress right. in that in that direction and we're I mean, in a good yeah, spot yeah i mean this generation also is responsible for like teen titans go and the powerpuff girls reboot so like i, I don't know man like maybe that's fair <laughs> good point there's you, there's, you, there's you know the, the future isn't inherently pro- progress significantly you know? though you know this was pitched by an established creator rather than just being a cash grab to reboot something popular. And I think what we're going to find is that because they're they're recontextualizing this cookie-cutter good-bad story into something much more, like, with modern sensibilities, making it more dynamic and character-driven and, you know, putting more emphasis on diversity and relationships, I think that's why we find this modern incarnation so much more compelling. I don't—that's 100% true. Right, I would totally love this show if it was just an original IP, you know. But but the fact that they they're taking this not super well remembered '80s show and then updating it for a modern audience and bringing all this progress to it is just amazing and captivating in a really special way to me. Just like the Voltron show that that DreamWorks is doing, it's uh-huh. very similar love for me. Yeah. So speaking of the ways in which it has kind of shed the entrapments of its former, you know, life, uh, the Entrapta. 2018 version of Shira got rid of the He-Man baggage. Yeah. No, yeah. No more I, You could be forgiven <laughs> for thinking that there was no relation to He-Man at all. It's it's a bold move. Uh, it's a bold move that I was, you know, I I didn't particularly need weird He-Man. You know, I I don't think that that doesn't seem like an it seems like an obvious move. Like it, the only way for this to back. be a successful show is to get rid of the kind of jokey stupid roots. Yeah. yeah, it would be cool yeah. if if they do a, a He Man spin off of this. Like you know, years down the road, I think that'd be pretty cool. Doing a re- a reversal of the original. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's very that's a that's an interesting idea. You know, Eve comes or Adam comes from Eve on this this generation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. It's oh, cool. we get to be in charge of the first sin. Yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> and we're yeah. gonna do it right this time. <laughs> we're gonna do Better it wrong this time. <laughs> Nothing's getting out alive. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the new version of Shira, but uh, so some kind of generalities is that rather than rely heavily on fantasy archetypes, the show flies in the face of fantasy decorum. So the horde, as opposed to being you know, just kind of a bunch of monsters on the rampage. It's a, it, no, it's a paramilitary organization like Starship Troopers. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, Glimmer and the Ethereum Ruler, whatever her name is, they're introduced in the guise of, you know, kind of courtly politics. And there's the... I, I, I got a, little, a lot better feel as a, of this as a cohesive world. 
And that is, again, something that is in the newer cartoon sensibilities. We don't have a monster of the week. We have a plot line. We have uh, characters that develop over time. And that lets you actually tell a story as opposed to Mm -hmm. just selling a product. Yeah, it's a it's a good show wearing the dead flesh of the old show. Ooh, that um, is a yeah. morbid categorization for I guess anything. <laughs> but Somewhat um, true, I think I, I I think what uh, what's interesting about the show and the way I approached it because I hadn't watched the original when I when I came to this, um, they do a much better job of hiding the fact that the origin of this story is good rebellion evil horde. Right. Yeah, we um, we start out with I come the, in the first perspective, and it's I'm like, so this is cool. cool. This kind of like military kind of backdrop with you know mm-hmm. kids who are like training each other and growing together, and they're just kids. I love it though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and their hearts are you know they they're they're good people. They're very likable characters, and I'm like, this is kind uh-huh. of cool. I've never really seen. They're a... just on the wrong side. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and. Makes and they're nice and being relatable fed too. propaganda. They're being fed propaganda uh-huh. about the evil princesses, and why would they know anything else? And as the show progresses, we see, oh no, the horde really is evil, um, and that's true to its roots. Uh, I I kind of thought that it might be, you know, working toward this sort of well, both sides have the have their problems, but no, it it kind of quickly settled into like good rebellion, evil horde. Anyway, honestly, I'm okay. Uh, but with I, but that. I like the quick turnaround. I'm I'm honestly kind of okay with that. I th- I think that the whole you know, uh, gray morality thing is maybe not a, a a thing that is clearly good and evil in this show. I think it might be a different spectrum. I think mm-hmm. what you're picking up on is a very Miyazaki sensibility, and this the 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 way this show is created did take kind of uh, inspiration from Japan in you know, in the form of both Miyazaki kind of artwork, their faces are very animesque, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also having a fucking Sentai transformation sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, they don't always use. So I, I think you're kind of picking up on a, a tonal beat there that might be pretty Japanese, but no, it's 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 not one of those, you know, both sides are... Maybe both sides are bad, I don't know. But I do like that <laughs> everyone gets their own story arc and makes their own progress... Oh and, yeah, Catra's story is amazing, and and I love that moment in the first episode where she's like, "What? Who calls us the evil horde?" Yeah, and I was just like everybody. What you, <laughs> How do you not where know have this? You been? Right, which you think like in the '80s version, the bad guys are like, "Uh, yeah, of course we're the evil horde. We're bad guys." Like they're they're totally flat <laughs> and like not. I don't know. They're they're totally action figures in the original series, and these are like believable people. And you know, there's there you know the viewers of this show, everyone has like. A f- different character who's one of their favorites and like you can like the bad guys on this show they're they're pretty likable people i do yeah i, I right do. me too just to set the plot so that we can talk about them kind of in detail yeah. the uh basic idea here is adora who is a force captain for the evil horde um finds a magic sword that can turn her into She-Ra, this sort of uh, emblem of power that has existed throughout the millennia, and sees that the rebellion is actually the good people, defects, and now is trying to, like, gather the princesses to form a united resistance. Yeah, it's it's Dragon Age, man. <laughs> is it? I, I still haven't played those games. Oh, come on. You at least get the first one done. I'm busy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty into the plot. Um... Especially because our point of reference character is so compelling. Do you do you guys want to um, do you guys want to uh, discuss the characters? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Starting with Adora, you think? Alphabetically? I think so. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the fact that she's chugging the Kool-Aid so hard at the beginning of of this show. She's so into the horde. And and she's likable, right? Like this is the sort of army uh, persona that we're supposed to enjoy, where they don't, you know, they don't question the why of it. They're just like, I got my team, I got my crew. They're counting on me. I'm going to do a good job. Mm-hmm. This it's- is a. Uh, I think that this, you know, being good versus being loyal. I or 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 to phrase it differently, being a good, uh, be, being loyal in like. Uh, your group of soldiers or whatever and being uh, an individual i think that is the dual nature that is that the gray part of gray skull is referring to in this iteration it's not good and evil <laughs> that's cool it's about individual versus collective it's like finn's story in uh, the new star wars films like it's kind of cool to see inside the helmet of a stormtrooper and be like you know seeing that they understand that maybe not everything they do is perfect, but you know nobody's perfect. Nobody's one hundred percent good. I wrote down the same note, man. <laughs> I mean, it's totally it's totally accurate. And I think that's really connects with modern audiences really well because everyone's been you know on the wrong side and made bad decisions and could be portrayed as a villain at once in a while. But the important part is learning from that or, or realizing that and making progress through it. Yeah, it's captivating, and, and like it totally makes sense that she's. Uh, she's as uh, into the horde as she is. Like you see through the course of the show that she doesn't have a family and the horde deliberately keeps the soldiers tight knit to isolate them from others. You know, Mm -hmm. like we we constantly see clues to the fact that she didn't have a childhood in the conventional sense and doesn't have the creative reasoning to kind of, uh, to kind of see that maybe some of the bad, maybe the stuff they're doing is bad. Like she's never had a birthday, never had a party. Uh, she doesn't know what an aunt is. Doesn't know what those are. There's tons of clues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool when she's like first goes, you know, into like Glimmer's room and is like kind of weirded out by, by everything. Yeah. I think I killed your bed. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. That, uh, I don't know, just being in a new place, but it's so familiar to the whole audience. It's like, wow, she really did have a different background than everyone watching this show. Yeah. yeah. Watching she, her she's try believable. to relax one episode was crazy. <laughs> How do I how do I do this? <laughs> she's just like kind of struggling against the playing. Yeah, she's totally believable as a character whose mother figure was called the Shadow Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> Old Mama Shadow Weaver. Also, they live in a place called the, <laughs> they live in a place called the Fright Zone. Yeah, <laughs> Ma- like the Shadow clues Weaver, are there. Mama Shadow Weaver makes her makes her shadow shortbread with a pinch of love and a couple of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the. That because they were in this kind of military background and, you know, their their adoptive mother character was was Shadow Weaver, that she and Catra and basically their other, you know, crew mates um, are so reliant on each other. And, like, their relationship is really cool and really special. It's like, I don't know if you just all you have in your life is your family and you don't go to school or anything. You're going to be really close with that family, even if your uh-huh. mom is Shadow Weaver and you're in the military the whole time. Yeah, it's how cults work. Yeah, exactly. And it's a beautiful thing. And I, I wish uh, I had <laughs> more opportunities to explore that. <laughs> All right. I love exploring your dark side, Andrew, because you're like the you're the best of us. And if even <laughs> you like even if you if you were to fall, we would have no hope. 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm chaotic good. I think you know. There's uh, I like a lot of really weird <laughs> weird stuff that's kind of messed up, but it's fun to explore and see what we can take from it. <laughs> right, right. It's it's all very joyous, mm, indeed. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, we're talking about kind of the ways that they're raised. Her relationship with Katra is one of the focal points of the show, which is oh. Oh, it's so it's so wonderful, guys. Oh man, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So this is um, this is something that the creator felt very strongly about. Where you know, e- even though a lot of characters in this show are you know LGBT kind of representative, um, this relationship between these two characters it's not necessarily romantic, but the creator wanted them to have an intensely passionate friendship. Mm. Yep. And it totally comes through. It's a very strange relationship because. Shadow Weaver, so basically that's like their mom, right? They're like adoptive commander or whatever. But she she always sees Catra as being more like a pet or more of a nuisance. But Adora yeah, really likes clearly best. parental favoritism. It's a really weird yeah. relationship because it's like I don't know. It's it's almost feels like a racism kind of thing or a bigotry kind of thing. Like Shadow Weaver uh-huh. just does not like. She's extremely biased against Catra, but Catra and Adora still like each other and. I don't yeah, know. It's interesting. That creates a really cool dynamic between Adora and Catra because there's, you know, there's friendship and there's passion and there's, you know, there's definitely love there. But mm-hmm. there is also like kind of this intense like uh, spite mm-hmm. on Catra's side for being treated as the lesser. She's and, jealous. Yeah, yeah. Well, and rightly so. And <laughs> like, Shadow Weaver treats her like shit. Totally. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, Even yeah, when she starts getting results. Right. Yeah. True. She's been um, biased against and, and put down her whole life. It's like, in a way, I'd like to see um, a like an exploitation film that kind of follows the exploits of of Catra, because I'm, I'm totally uh-huh. on her side. You know, she's had a totally unfair upbringing and she's been done wrong a lot. So seeing her kind of turn a little evil, I'm I'm still into it. Like I I still support you, Catra. Me too. I love that episode where they do the flashback stuff and it's Aww. like revealed that all Catra wants is to be respected as an equal and yes. because of their relationship it's it's impossible to grasp I, I have a couple of interesting things to say about that because yeah. when Adora realizes that the horde is bad um, and she's like I need to stop them they're evil they're destroying things they're clearly the bad guys but I still love Catra and it's like oh this is this is like civil war kind of shit yeah. like brother versus brother you mean um, like Captain America choosing Bucky no. over the rest of the world? <laughs> no, like the legit Civil War, what happened. But it's also like that. But it's also like Bucky. No, so <laughs> stop bringing Bucky into things. I wish he would just die already. <laughs> but Adora Adora goes to Catra and says, like, listen, we can still be friends. We can still be together. You need to come over to our side. The Horde is evil. And Catra's like, I don't care. I need to be good at this for my own self-worth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. She never really had a, a fair chance. Yeah, I do not operate on those a- those alignment axes. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I care about. And now that it's never Adora's what this gone, has been about, she has a chance to to take over the throne, so to speak. Like she has a chance to stand on her own and be separate from Adora. Although I'm sure deep down she, you know, wants to keep sleeping at the foot of her bed, which is like the most adorable visual. It's just, we, yeah. we should mention that she is a cat. She, yeah, yeah, you know what? You know what we should also mention is that you know Zane, I. I you did mention that the creators are like, no, no, it's just a very passionate friendship. Bullshit if they're not trying to ship everyone in this show. 
Oh yeah. I have never wanted so badly to watch teenagers make out. Like this is <laughs> um, Don't say everybody that. I, I'm just like look, all I'm saying <laughs> what, is they what want about it. my hero academia, Ben? <laughs> they well, okay. <laughs> no, I you know what I think these guys because like these guys are so wholesome and That's... they need each other so much more. <laughs> right. You know, they can't they can't spit fire or shoot lasers out of their ass, you know. They they're just you know, they're they're people and they don't have powers and it's in a war and and they need each other. And they just ship everyone, dude. Uh, and but it's it's a wholesome ship. It you know it's a it's a love and uh, respect for each other, and it's such a positive, healthy relationship version of that. It's not just like and, oh, that's that girl's hot and uh, that guy's hot. Yeah. Are you, are you trying to tell me that when they were dancing at that prom episode, guys? There's a prom episode. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. It's are so you good. trying to tell me that you didn't want them to kiss? I'm, I did. I'm not saying that. That's not the point. What, what I'm saying is <laughs> the reason why I have these, you know, little crushes on different characters, it's nothing at all, like, sexual. It's completely, no. I love this person. I want to be their friend. I want to follow them on social media. Like, this is a person I truly care about, and I want them yeah. to be happy. And it's like, I'm not talking about your sexual. I'm not talking about your sexual needs, Andrew. We you, can get you to respect that later. Them, Each other. You respect them as a warrior. You know, mm. it's not a sex boner. It's a war boner. <laughs> Well, see, um, now we're back into He-Man, and I don't know. <laughs> While do. we're here, though, do we want to talk about uh, well, that kind of I, I, the sexualization or not conversation? B- before we, I do, think that we I, should. Before we do, I have to mention the fan fiction. Ooh, which, I'm not familiar. So this is this is still a young series, so there's not a lot. But as you say, it's not gratuitous. It's so wholesome. Mm-hmm. There's there's like barely any like smutty stuff. It is mostly about like talking about their feelings which is great uh i do want to highlight one that i found uh which was titled shadow weaver found dead good riddance says literally everyone <laughs> which i feel like sounds like a yeah sounds like a learned writer there. <laughs> yeah so sell, sells the horse before it shows yeah. yeah but um yeah so any show where even the fanfic writers care more about the emotional heart of it than the the sex that's that's impressive. That's pretty awesome. That's a feat. And I, I, That's good writing. I really, this is a thing that I struggle with with most anime in, in my life is there's always a few episodes where I'm like, that totally disqualified me from talking about that show publicly, especially as, you know, someone in education. <laughs> it's like, I do love anime, but there are certain ones I will never have a toy or a poster of, even though I love that show, because there's some really weird, sexy stuff you that's know. messed up. And uh, I, I don't know. I love that this show stays away from that so hard. Like, in the art style, people's it, it's it's unrealistic in the totally opposite way. Where a real human being walking down the street, you can kind of tell like where their butt is and like if they have a chest. In this show, no, that's it's completely removed. It's completely devoid of of like that that sexualization as far as the biology goes. Everyone's butts are oh. just kind of flattened out. You know, it's it's really amazing. I've never seen a show that looks quite like this. Everyone else at least has a butt when they're walking. <laughs> Not this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 tricky because I don't want to... That kind of touches on kind of a larger issue mm. that I'm trying to deal with in this show, which is the difference between uh, representing something uh, explicitly and implicitly. So what what I mean by that is... In former shows, like let's say, let's just go back to the Captain Planet example. What you had was people announcing their races to each other 
because that is how you <laughs> communicated diversity in less and less. That was times. the level of the discourse. That's that's where we were at. And yes, you have them there, but if they're talking really loudly about it, I can't give you that much credit. Cut to today when you have, you know, you can have a multiracial cast and it is it's just a thing that's felt and not commented upon. What that does is it normalizes the concept. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're touching upon here mm-hmm. is that there is a lot of, you know, maybe romance and, you know, ro- romantic tendencies and passion between these characters, but it's never phrased in the guise of, like, hormones. And and so it just kind of... I guess I guess this point is more cogent to the whole queer representation thing than anything else, is that you can mm-hmm. have characters be infatuated with each other, and no one will be like, oh, so you like guys, eh? Right. You it's... know, it, it'll, they'll just have Bo fanboying out about Seahawk, <laughs> and everyone will just be like, Bo, you're being a real goober. They, they won't be <laughs> commenting on the fact that, oh, you're so brave for liking another man. It, it's the difference between saying it and doing it, you know? It's the difference between explicitly putting a gay character in and implicitly having, having you know, uh, queer interactions in a show that no one comments on. What you do is you normalize it, and that, I think, is very, very strong here. It's it's my favorite thing about the show. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, my, yeah personally. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've always felt for the underdog, and then... I want to go the kind of exploitation film route, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with that genre, it's not a sex thing. It's uh, it's basically about, about revenge. And so there's, Ooh. I don't know, I get, get kind of riled up when people are mistreated um, for being different generally. But it, And so I really want things to be really extreme the other direction. But this show does it in a, such a better way, which is just make mm-hmm. it normal and you don't have to comment on it. And everyone has a character that they can relate to uh, in a, a physical way, as in I look like this character or I feel like this character, I act like this character without it being just a bunch of different kinds of tokens. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I also like, um, like Ben in that one example of, of Bo and Seahawk, it could just be admiration. And this guy's like, oh, this guy's such a bro. I love it. <laughs> and and that's the thing. A lot of these characters, it, it could be romantic. It could be just intense friendship. And then it's like, well, I want to know. I want that closure. And it's like, it's none of your business. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's also not a thing that has hard edges, <laughs> right? You know, it could be. It could be both. It, it's probably an element of both of them. Like, there's that scene with Glimmer resting on Adora in like that sauna. Yep. And if you just take that sentence, you're like, oh, we're in some for some more Tenchi Muyo bullshit. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. It's just them enjoying uh-huh. each other's presence and helping her relax and giving her friend the care that she needs. Yeah. And it's you can't look at it and say, there's no romance there. I won't <laughs> abide that opinion. This, this show is so comfortable in its own body. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's, for a first yeah. season, it's fantastic. It just hits the ground running, and, like, we know who we are, and this is how we're going to depict it, and mm-hmm. they just nail it in so many different ways. Speaking mm-hmm. of being comfortable with our bodies, let's talk about a little bit of the uh, the body positivity here. Oh, yeah. I want to talk first about the most obvious example, uh, I guess to me anyway. Uh, Glimmer is uh, mm-hmm. a plus-size woman to be. Uh, you know, not 
not not overly so, but she is much thicker than you would find women in the she in the nineteen eighty five era of She-Ra. Yeah, yes. I mean, think you you tell somebody, hey, we're in a fantasy setting, and this person is the princess of Bright Moon, and it's like, oh, what Galadriel. do you think she looks like? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's great. And it also sells this idea of, like, these are younger people than in the original. These are teenagers growing into their own bodies. So, like, totally, totally fits. Totally makes sense. Yeah, she's too fit to quit. <laughs> I don't know and, what that means. And, but I do like that that people don't have to be um, super binary as far as their, you know, depiction of their gender. Like, a lot of the girls are wearing shorts, in the original series, oh, they're man. all wearing skirts, and Dude, it's like Catra's wearing a tux. Oh yeah, exactly. Catra's tux. <laughs> that was a big awesome. moment for me. I was like, yes, please. I love this. I, I I don't know. There's so many moments where I was like, this show just nails it for me, and I, I and I love that they're not being over the top about it. And it's not a big deal that she's wearing a tux, and it's not necessarily or explicitly a a you know a queer thing. It's just. That's what it's she's like. Wearing. Oh, that's please. Yes. Yeah, that's clearly a Catra thing. That's what that's what Catra would wear. Right. Yeah, she she would wear. You know, she would wear a blazer and a power tie. She has to make the sale. Yeah, that's how she's going to impress her tiger mom. Awesome. Uh, I I really also like uh, uh, Adora slash Shira's uniform because <laughs> oh when she powers up yeah when she powers up I I like that her you know she's got her whole old horde jacket. That she always wears around too, because like, you know, accepting where you came from and moving forward in spite of it—that it, that's kind of a cool through line with her. Yeah, it's also got a great design. See. It What's is that? weird that she's still flying that flag, though. You know, it's like, yeah, my parents, uh, you know, were <laughs> used a lot of um, the southern flag. I forget what that's called. So I'm just gonna keep flying that, even though I don't believe in you know the South will rise again or whatever. It's like, yeah, I, most people wouldn't do that because it's like I don't believe in this ideology, but I'm gonna keep flying its flag. It's a little weird. But I, I guess do, that's true. Especially when she's first arrives in Bright Moon and everyone's like, oh my God, she's with the Horde cause of, just because of her clothing. That I, that I believe it. just because she doesn't think it's weird at that point. I guess so. Um, and then she does scrub the insignia later. Like it doesn't show up in her clothes after a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, that, that Confederate flag, <laughs> the Confederate flag thing is interesting because I, I live in New Hampshire and I see those from time to time and I'm like, I got some questions. <laughs> <laughs> questions that I will you, not be asking out loud. Right, because I'm a coward. But. Well, because it's not worth it. <laughs> it's it's also not worth it. <laughs> I mean, you choose whatever reason you want. Ben, ninety percent of cowardice is saying eh, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, who really cares? We're all gonna die. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the other ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about Shira in her Shira form, uh, like you said earlier, Zane, uh, the fact that. She was not as boobalicious as the 80s counterpart was a source of some debate. Which is crazy really? because she's a child. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I think a child she's like soldier. generously child 18, soldier. like 17 or 18 if you want to be generous. Yeah. If there is a type of child you should not sexualize, it is a child soldier. Yeah. I, and like, again, she's had crazy amounts of training. She's very athletic. If you've ever looked at a gymnast, they, they tend not to have giant knockers. <laughs> You're right. Uh and and like more than that like i i think that they just uh, so to to give you guys the fabric of this when people freaked out that shira was not equipped with tatas in the new uh in the new thing uh they kind of try that there was there's this great article with like kind of all the ways in which people would try to shut it down as like oh this isn't 
You've seen this with many continuities, I'm sure. Like uh, when Ghostbusters got rebooted to have all women, people mm-hmm. would be like, oh, it's not as good as the original. Or, oh, this was, isn't what She-Ra really is. Or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they should empower women by letting them be feminine. And you know, there's like a lot of arguments that are just kind of designed to dislike a thing that you were going to dislike because of prejudice anyway. I like that. I like... Th- I like that they're mad, you know, like, yes, they're not going to like the show anyway. So like, might as well get them, get them off the set to begin with. Right. And we're making progress. You know, it's, these characters aren't designed to be like, you know, your hentai wallpaper or whatever on your computer. It's like, you're not supposed to like the way these characters look from a sexual perspective. You're supposed to enjoy the characters for who they are as people. And you can still totally have, you know, waifus, and you can totally have crushes on these characters, but it's not going to be on their bodies, and that that's so important mm-hmm. to me. And yeah, I, don't it, try to dictate my waifus. <laughs> no, not at all. And I, 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 I'm much more comfortable uh, claiming those from this show than any than any anime I've ever seen, where it's like a big part of that community. I feel is is very superficial. It is very superficial, and, and there is, of course, the emotional side of that as well. But it's hard to disconnect the two because they're so explicitly sexualized that that makes the emotional side of it feel less important. And and half the time when I say yes, I love Sailor Moon, people are like, "That's that's like a weird sex thing, right?" And I'm like, "No, the characters are awesome, and like you know the outfits are super cute, and I, it doesn't. It's not about boobs and butts and stuff. It, <laughs> it's it's so much more than that. It's it's." That's not even a, a factor Andrew Spahn, at all. It's a cartoon. 2018. It's not about boobs and butts and stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's the- Yeah, if I wanted to talk about my weird sex stuff, you know, don't get me started. I got <laughs> I got, got a material. Back I don't need to dip into that well. Oh, and also man. like I, you are right that these characters are also very relatable on a on like an aesthetic level without it being a sexual level and I think that's actually more powerful. Like we 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 don't mm-hmm. get that message muddled. Like, mm-hmm. I can watch Adora being excited about a horse for an hour straight. Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty into her getting excited about food and, and things like that. That first episode that went with her getting acclimated, so fucking cute. Yep. And I I don't know, man. Like, she she looks cute when she's doing that stuff. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. It just so, is. She's just cute. In terms of her design as, you know, as She-Ra... Um, it, it is a form for action. Um, you know, that's the primary focus. I, I always thought she kind of looked like a mini Thor. Yeah. Like mm. the godlike apparel is definitely a Valkyrie kind of thing going on. Yeah. It's implied. But in terms of like all the characters designed, like you say, like it's not meant to be sexualized. They make sense given that they're characters from different cultures. Mm-hmm. Person from the North is wearing heavy clothes. Person from a very fertile Valley is wearing much more flowing things, you know, mm-hmm. like, these make sense with the characters. Yeah, and, and yeah. the getting away from the the toy based model allows them to change, you know, skin tones and body shapes, and also the whole clothing thing. It's like they can express themselves a lot more through the clothing because they can't just wear Barbie style outfits. And I know Barbie's <laughs> become a lot more progressive recently. I don't mean to throw shade on her, but it doesn't sure. have to be just a mini skirt. You know, there's a lot more diversity of of clothing in the show as well. Yeah, the the fact that Shira now wears battle boots instead of high heels is makes sense. It it is telling, you know, that tells a story kicks. all on its own. Uh, let let's move into some other characters just so that we don't get a uh, pigeonholed. 
Yeah. Um, um, Glimmer is the Princess of Bright Moon. She's voiced by Karen Fukuhara, uh, who played Katana in Suicide Squad. And Ben, she'll be playing the female in the upcoming movie, The Boys. <gasps> wow. I didn't realize that there was a movie coming out. I didn't either. Oh, yeah. The female doesn't really have a voice, though. I don't think she said, like, three words for the entire series. Well, it's a live-action movie. Um, okay. <laughs> I think. W- who was the voice actress for uh, Adora? Uh, Amy Carrero. She okay. also was the lead Elena in Elena of Avalor, which I've heard is very good, but haven't looked at yet. Okay, I, I just wanted to have that on I, the I think it's a very similar ear. type of thing. Sure. Uh, what do you guys think about Glimmer? Andrew? I love her. Um, yeah, she's great. <laughs> I, I really like her story arc. I, it's completely relatable to me as as someone who works with teenagers a lot. It's like, you know, adults and my parents and society, they have no clue what they're doing. My way's a lot better. And then they're, they try and they might fail. They have shortcomings as well. They're not perfect. And then there's a lot of frustration there and you try to hide those mistakes that you've made. And it's super relatable. Like, I don't know. And... I like yeah. the fact that she's a princess, but is definitely still learning and still like trying to figure out who she is and how she can, I don't know, be be herself without just trying to rebel against her mom super hard. Well, that's the that's the main kind of thing that shows you the fabric of who she is is her relationship with her mom, which that's awesome. Yeah, I, it, that's I a mean, cool like, arc as well. Her like, mom's come perspective on. is. Incredible. It shouldn't be so cool to watch like a teenage girl have a tiff with her mom in a cartoon and it not being about bullshit, I guess. It's so not stereotypical, <laughs> but it's so real. It is real. And and it actually like they hold to that plot wise because you can kind of see where all of this angst and frustration and stubbornness is coming from. Glimmer has seen her mom fail. You know? They tried to do a princess mm-hmm. rebellion it didn't work. She probably sees her mom as kind of a fuck up or at, at the very least someone who has given up. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. she she gave the orders that eventually led to her husband dying. It's it's pretty hardcore. And generally, you know, your parents have probably been through crazier stuff than you have. So it's it's nice to be able to relate in that way. And I realize this, mm-hmm. their interactions are grand total of like probably 10 minutes through the whole season. But there's a huge growth that happens there. That's that's really awesome. I don't think you should yeah. undersell it. I feel like they're like it, it's always a facet of almost every episode is that Glimmer and her mom are are on the outs. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is just her trying to get away from her mom to, because she doesn't trust her with like secrets. Yeah, um, because she knows that her mom won't let her go do dangerous and exciting things. Um, <laughs> Glimmer, <laughs> I actually like I'm not as huge on Glimmer as some of the other characters, but that might just be because it's been one season. The first season moved very quickly. A lot of characters had huge growth and change and development. And I think that Glimmer's story is going to be the one that takes the longest to complete. And so yeah. I'm kind of waiting to see where she ends up. I don't think she's, she's grown a ton. on Catra and Adora for the first season. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the focus. Her relationship with her mom has changed, but I don't know that her behaviors have really changed that much. Not that she has to or she's wrong or anything like that, but I feel like a lot of the other characters, the way they behave at the beginning of the season versus the end is different. At least the main mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. Or certain, at least they have context which informs their actions now, mm-hmm. even if those actions are very similar. Yeah, that's I'm true. So thankful. I'm so thankful that we know ahead of time that there's going to be three more seasons on Netflix. 
Yeah. Uh, well, we don't necessarily know, but everyone's kind of expecting it. The creator claims they have made four arcs of 13 episodes already, but Netflix has not confirmed anything. Hmm. Well, I've confirmed it. In <laughs> in my my you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the fan fiction is all there for you to see. I, 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 really, I really need these teens to hold hands at the movie theater okay (laughs) if it doesn't if it doesn't like if that if that catra adora thing doesn't break just right i'm going to be emotionally stricken i do think every season needs to have a prom episode you know like in in shows like back in a lot of shows that prom is only once every 10 years man (laughs) then i'm sorry to tell you catra is absolutely gonna die a tragic death before the end of this show (laughs) nope i don't want to hear it zane (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like maybe she'll learn her lesson at the end but it's just gonna be right in time like they're not gonna have time for closure mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe she starts going out with glimmer you know really, really you can't just Adora. ship people into plot <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure you can zane they gave me a prom episode what do you expect me to do so that's something i do want to mention is <laughs> the um the way that the plots move from one episode to the other is just incredible go ahead and explain what you mean by that please so, like, one episode, swashbuckling pirate adventure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next episode, robot rebellion. Mm-hmm. Two episodes later, prom. Next episode, infiltration and rescue mission. Right. And the whole thing is seamless. Yeah, that's... I didn't realize it at the time, but you're right. <laughs> like, there's something about these characters and this setting where I'll watch them go anywhere, and because, like... Etheria, the the world they're in, is very clearly derived from Eternia, which was magic and technology. It's just such a diverse world, and they can go anywhere, and anything can happen. Yeah, but because it's, like, you know... they really hit that balance. But because it's a, a Horizon Zero Dawn situation where this the, the remnants of our past are all but forgotten, we don't actually have to deal with explaining anything. We can just have things be mysterious. I love that. Yeah, spooky forest. Sure. Got it. It's the implicit versus explicit kind of thing. You know, they could have been hitting you over the head with references, but they don't. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just everything is, is very subtle and, and mysterious, and it's really cool. That, this, I don't know. That's a lot more interesting this, plot when, when there's no one there to answer Adora's questions about, about how She-Ra works. And it's just that, like, that hologram <laughs> who can't really explain things and just keeps repeating oh, the same things yeah i love that Ad- adora just desperately trying to get the final point in a taboo game <laughs> I-, I love us wanting to tease out what's happening and the characters also and they can't and it's frustrating mm-hmm. and we can't and it's funny because they can't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you know oh we're in an ocean kingdom and there's this you know great magic barrier keeping raiders out and it's based on first one's tech and you can interface with it but why <laughs> happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Uh, I'd like to finish up the main trio just because, you know, best team best friends or whatever the hell they call themselves. <laughs> best oh, friend man. squad, I believe. Best friend squad. Yes. Uh, Bo. Just, to, just to finish up with Bo, uh, he's Green Arrow, and he's very cute, and his fanboying is extremely cute, and he's kind of the heart of the team, I thought. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, he... he He's just always upbeat and always tries to hold things together. And, you know, Glimmer's angsting about her mom and Adora's angsting about her identity. And he's just usually pretty chill. Yeah, he's he's an incredible 
character. He's really like self-disciplined and, and is aware of the social situations and does a great job of, of kind of leading the friend group or being, you know, the, the mom of the group, which I can personally relate to a lot. And mm-hmm. Bo is just amazing. Bo is Bay. Bo is Bay. <laughs> I also, his man. outfit is adorable. He has like I a, heart with a, a heart on his like chest, and like his ex, his midriff is exposed. He's like a modern day Cupid. He's just constantly <laughs> trying like to make Cupid. people get along and shooting arrows. Oh, it's and... awesome! And the '80s bow had the same outfit, pretty much, which is really funny. The, I I do regret that we are losing the '80s bow because I also thought he was great. <laughs> he's great, but this is quite good. Oh my god the uh, the prom episode. He's got a cummerbund covering his midriff, and yeah. he just rips it off because he's like uncomfortable <laughs> not showing his stomach. Oh. It's great. <laughs> that was a highlight um, of the show. I I do the only uh, problem I had with this character is I felt they were leaning a little too much on replicating Sokka from Avatar. Hmm. He, he, I almost thought he was identical to Sokka. Like no he magic fills to the same of. role. He's skilled. He's got tons of personality. He holds everything together. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that Avatar was probably a pretty strong inspiration. I mean, they also do the kind of unite the various peoples plotline. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So I do think that. Yeah. And then there's just this one random guy with a ranged weapon. <laughs> right. Yes. Very good. <laughs> In a way, I think that Avatar was was sort of a I, maybe not a pioneer, but some another step on the spectrum towards representing characters without necessarily commenting on it and normalizing a lot of of awesome things and i mean not even to mention legend of korra but i think that's definitely a stepping stone yeah let's not mention the legend of korra yeah let's not talk about that (laughs) Uh, i do want to mention uh one other character before we close out and that is shadow weaver just because i thought her performance was amazing she's good Um, just Mm? really skilled this is lorraine toussaint who's just been in so many things uh really killing it yeah, I, I don't disagree. I didn't. I don't think it spoke to me in the same way, though. I think that the 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 the, the fairy queen, uh, uh, Glimmer's mom, had the strongest voice acting in the show. She was also really She's good. She's good. Yeah, that's. So but true. I think I think they only gave her one type of line, whereas Shadow Weaver had a lot more uh, distinct sort of uh, uh, motivations for for different uh, lines. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like. Normally with, like, evil, spooky, creepy villain, you get kind of, like, the same static stuff. But here you could sense the emotion behind the, like, darkness. Right. Mm. She had a plot arc as well. It's kind of uh-huh. cool to, to learn her backstory. And it's still very mysterious, but she has her motivation. Yeah, losing I appreciate I love that. watching losing her get favor. frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just want to mention, before we get off of characters, that I really love Seahawk and Mermista. They're just each character is so different and so you like entertaining and like I want to be friends with everyone. You know, it's, it's <laughs> I don't crazy. know about every one of them. I'm I'm cool with just best friend squad. That uh that trio works really well for me. And you know, Seahawk can show up occasionally to deliver a a wacky zinger and set a boat on fire. But like I, I think that they are leading with their best foot. I agree. I liked uh, I liked uh, Entrapta. I, I her, her voice acting too. To me, it was a little bit like stereotypical. Like it's like the same voice as like nerds on The Simpsons and um, hot dog water from uh, the Scooby Doo Mysteries Incorporated. It's <laughs> I don't know what water. that means. Uh, I've heard this up. phrase so many times. I still have no context for it. I just I feel like that's a little bit of a stereotype in a show that's progressive in so many other ways. It's like yeah, this mm-hmm. is what nerds sound like, right? Yeah. Guys, you know this from cartoons. Yeah. I Whereas, get more upset with her personality than her voice, to be honest. Yeah, she's on the spectrum, I would say, but she's very capable and 
and I like her story arc as well, where it's like, I, I guess I'm a bad guy now. It's really cool. Yeah, again, just like Catra, she's just operating on a different spectrum than morality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. She's, she's got her interests, and they align with the people who can fulfill those interests, you know? Right. It's like mm-hmm. science first, allegiance second, which is, uh, yeah, kind of a World well, War II Her allegiance thing. is to science. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I liked her in part just because... Uh, when her lines, I think the writers really nailed that balance of character, plot, and humor. Because um, mm-hmm. she was able to just go seamlessly between all three. I, I think liked I liked... Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that's true. I think that I liked Mermista a bit better, but you know, we, we don't really? need to get into a best girl conversation I, I didn't. Here. I didn't care for her. Yeah? That's fair. She she was wearing to begin with, but I, I, I got used to it. And, and mm-hmm. after a while, like, I kind of I dig it. Andrew, who's your favorite princess? Oh, Bo? wow. Favorite princess. Oh, my God. That's a big it's one. It's got to be Bo. And, and you can't pick any of the ones we picked. I'm not allowed to pick Bo. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. Can we just say for a second? There's there's kind of the big team-up episode where, you know, everyone's joining <sighs> together and battling. And then all the princesses are glowing. And then there's just kind of Seahawk and Bo. And they're just kind of not glowing. But they're still posing with everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. They're still part of the team. I was like, literally yeah. basking in the reflected light. I, I just, I, I don't know. I love that. Though the females are all I'm highlighted gl- so much, and then these guys are just kind of there. I'm and, a glimmer man. I really like glimmer too. Man, I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to pick. Who's, his, who's yours? Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, Entrapta. Entrapta? Entrapta? I really like Scorpia. Oh, oh yeah, she yes. kind of counts. And her, her, her backstory is very significant to the plot, and they just barely scratch on it. And I really like that. There's a lot of room for her in the future. Yeah, because she's on the bad guy's side just kind of because her parents are. And, like, you have all these different characters with different levels of allegiance, like, on a spectrum mm-hmm. of good versus evil. And some of them are just kind of, like, just there because it's convenient. I, guys, or I there think, for their family. I think or we're getting... they believe. I think we're falling down that tricky hole of loving a thing so much that we just want to talk about the plot. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, let, let me move us to a different segment Thank you. which is uh sure. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the themes that show up because i i think that the whole you know a problem that i had with he-man is that they called him he was in gray skull but he was always the good guy it, like it, there was no moral ambiguity or uncertainty there mm-hmm. and you know say what you will about teen dramas but this show does run on uncertainty <laughs> You know, the the whole gray theme, I think, really makes sense. Um, the, the what was it? The Fright Zone mm-hmm. is... is <laughs> Fright Zone. Yeah, the Fright Zone, uh, Blight Town, is, is militaristic and highly disciplined, whereas Bright Moon is opulent and distant, and if anything, seems kind of isolationist and kind of up in their ivory towers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I almost kind of thought that the people who were really getting screwed were like the, the civilians in the... Uh, when uh, when uh when adora talks to rad in like the th- raz in the third episode or something uh raz kind of sums up what i think she really needs to do which is stand as a hero for people that are getting caught in the middle mm. i like that you know there's horde captains who are destroying things there's princesses in the towers that are turtling up and everybody in the middle is just getting fucking screwed right it, i mm-hmm. think it's it's kind of a symptom of the fallout of the the alliance not working the first time where it's like yeah. these countries are just kind of splitting apart from each other and there's a lot of people who need help that aren't getting it or you know And Shiro's purpose is explicitly balance is to restore balance. So I I think that 
for the first time in Masters of the Universe, the the name Grey Skull actually makes some sense. Again, I feel like they kicked Skeletor out of his own house. <laughs> that might be true. I like that they they use the the they, wait. Do they mention Grey Skull or just um? Oh, yeah, she says for the honor for of Grey Skull. She she asks she yeah she mentions it every episode, but dude. no one knows what it is. You know, it's it's not yeah. It's not even like that's wild. It's like I don't know what they this borrow is, but I have so to say little. They, it's the first time that Grey Skull has made any sense, and it's in a place where it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right that's but true. then i i agree that like doing the balance and like finding this new way forward is interesting and i think it allows for plot lines forward so like i can see them destroying the horde and then oh no bringing all the princesses together has caused a new imbalance and the people are going to rebel and then they find themselves on the other side like I feel like this is a show that can handle that type of complexity if you give it a while. I doubt they would do that, but I would be interested to see where it leads. I definitely mm-hmm. think new villains will rise to power. You know, that the power vacuum left by Shadow Weaver yeah. and um, the, the alliance kind of coming <coughs> together. It's like, well, there's a lot of good guys now. We need some new bad guys. And Yeah. I kind of hope uh, it's I, I the, definitely the little agree with that. devil baby that Hordak has. I think that thing is awesome. I want, I want more a- of those. He's a legacy character that was way, way dumber before. Right, right, in the original like, series. Yeah. I just love the character design in the new one. And Hordak himself looks awesome. Hordak mm-hmm. is awesome in this. Like, he wasn't that cool in the 80s version, I don't think, but he's pretty cool here. I still think that he's no Skeletor, but he's he's better. Yeah, he's, he's more of a manipulator, and that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And- I am I am excited if they do eventually do a new He-Man, like to see the new Skeletor and the this is kind of like the Tumblr, you know, 2018 version of of She-Ra. I'm excited to see the 2022 version of He-Man, where it's you know in a post meme LGBTQ plus world metrosexuality. Maybe He-Man is going to be a new type of masculinity. Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. I could imagine it very well. I mean, I mean, He-Man does. I, I've, I'm not gay. I don't really know the perspective, but from my from a straight perspective, watching He Man, it's like there's some some kind of homoerotic kind of things. I don't mean erotic in a sexual manner, but like we've we've gone we've gone to great lengths to discuss the homoerotic nature of He Man. Right, and I, I've heard that episode and everything, but you know, going back episode one of the original She-Ra, it's like I kind of forgot that Adam is just sort of wearing pink and purple, and like I don't I don't know. He's he's kind of not the most macho he-man character no, no he mm-hmm. really isn't yeah and then he kind of turns into a burly biker when he transforms into he-man so <laughs> there's that mm-hmm. okay so like third season prince adam comes through a warp after they've defeated the horde and he's like we need your help and carries bow away in through. his strong arms <laughs> the shira goes through and like oh we got to defeat skeletor and then she looks around like Oh man, you guys are really stuck in the past, aren't you? <laughs> that could be interesting if they do a mashup of like some stuff from the original series. Hmm. I I honestly All right, Dreamworks. I I you, enjoy, you've heard our suggestions. I enjoy how limited they are keeping the number of male uh cast members and I I'm 
curious to see how far they extend it. I honestly hope I wouldn't, they never... I wouldn't mind bringing He-Man back, but I can definitely understand why they might not. Or maybe, I honestly hope... I don't think they ever will, and I, I don't think they should. I agree, but I do think it would be fun to have even just, just Prince Adam. Like, he can't... He doesn't have any powers or anything. He's just kind of this emasculated version. <laughs> I would like that, because... They do male characters really well on this show with, without making them the star and, you know, do all the heavy lifting, which I really appreciate. Yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. pretty capable, and I always like that. Um, side note, I also like that all the male characters' outfits are more revealing than the female characters' outfits. <laughs> yes. A lot more skin shown yeah. on the dudes. It's awesome. It's like He-Man, yeah, I guess. Great. That's a reference to, to the original He-Man. <laughs> no, it also happened with He-Man. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how man he was. Yeah. Uh, um let's oh, something else that they take a lot from the original he-man and one of the strengths of the show is that uh magic and technology balance and i thought that we could talk about that for a bit sure i'm down um one of the things that i think it does is it lets the battles feel big without them being overwhelming because like the enemy can have a lot of guns and tanks but there's not really a ton of people so it's like oh we don't have to worry about killing them and also a ragtag crew of magical warriors can deal with them this yeah. is and a, their magic, so like their powers can stay fresh. Yeah, this is a this is a similar consideration to things like Samurai Jack, where mm-hmm. there's many things moving, but only so many things emoting, and it and it makes it a lot more digestible. That's totally true. That's a good point. It it also feels like each side is powerful. It's I, yeah, in their own way. I yeah. mean, I I think it also find, it falls into a couple of traps that I I hope they excise in the second season um, or going forward. The, the the chief thing that I noticed was that it was very clear when one side was winning because the music and the atmosphere was telling me with no you know <laughs> it wasn't holding anything close to the chest. It's like oh it you know Adora's still fighting, but why is the music getting tense and why is the yeah. sky darkening? <laughs> is she still doing good? I'm not sure. Like, it, it, like it's very clear which side is winning based on kind of all those atmosphere cues. Battles turn quickly because there's only like a thousand people in this universe. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It, it also does that kind of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice thing where I don't see many people around uh-huh. in the area. Like, I guess I see like a couple servants and when there's a party, there's townsfolk. But beyond that, there's not many civilians running around. The original series, I felt like, had a lot more just folks in the background, just villagers Mermis- and things like that. Mermista's popul like the population of Mermista's continent is like two people, and one of them is Seahawk, so it like barely counts. I mean, her guard and, and her butler are the same person, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a little and, and, they, and they justify it in ways, you know, like for them, you know, people ran away because they didn't think we could defend them, or for Entrapta, like, oh, you know, I have techno servants, I don't need a lot of people, right? But it's like they're every going out of single way. one. I I think the reason they got away with it in the old ones is because literally by drawing them as part of the background, they were able to save money doing that limited animation style, and it just wouldn't look right nowadays. Yeah, we we kind of deal. We kind of accept a lot less in our in our animation. Uh, we we should maybe talk about just generalities of how it how everything looks. Like we've talked about how the characters look a little bit animu, but uh, beyond that, mm-hmm. what did you guys think of the animation style? I I'm not super crazy about it. I I like I like the look of say Avatar: the Last Airbender more, but I I definitely like the way this one looks. I like the flat shading. It kind of harkens back to limited animation, where 
they can't really they don't really have time to mess with shadows, so everything's just col- you know solidly colored. Um, but then there's at least a few scenes where they use shading, and it's like, whoa, that was cool looking. There's a scene where mm-hmm. uh, Katra has Adora's sword and is like kind of scraping it along the wall, and that scene yeah. has shading, and it's like, whoa, it looks amazing with shading. Why don't they do this all it the time? It does. It's a big <laughs> contrast versus the regular. This kind of looks like a coloring book sort of vibe where it's just flat colors. I still like it though. I like the look. It looks a little bit more like a web comic though than than a regular cartoon to me. Mhm. And they they do a lot more, you know, light versus dark imagery with the with the horde and with the rebellion. Um and this ties into the technology versus magic thing. So like we spend some time with dark technology horde. Um we spend a lot more time with the light rebellion side and uh honestly i got a little rainbowed out by the end yeah especially well, when especially twinkle the there's a big rainbow wave at the end which it, i didn't especially need. when twinkle the marvel horse shows up but is that who that was that was basically what it was he does kind of have that voice doesn't he <laughs> yes what's that from well, i don't get the reference yeah well i can't remember what it's from either but i know dave you, the, the barbarian when christopher walken horse oh, that yeah. can fly dave shows the up wow um, I I like Swift Winds. I think he's uh, an interesting character that could have been a really oh, simple man. vehicle. But I disagree. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I don't think he's that good. <laughs> I thought he was good before he could talk. Right. Yeah. I. I. That actually is true for me. As like well. I liked him freaking out when he could fly. Like great, believable. Right. He's comic relief, but I do think that it's interesting that uh, they thought through what this character would do. You know, he's like leading a rebellion of horses and like. Uh, what was the quote? Freedom, equality, and hay for all. I'm like, that's a that's a joke. I know, but like, I'm I'm kind of down. Like, that's what I would do. I think if I was a horse who suddenly had powers. I like and that he has his own motivations. That is kind of cute, but it's it's just for the sake of a joke. It doesn't it's a throwaway joke. Yeah, but yeah. but there is there could be a plot. You know, someday in the future where we we get an episode exploring what's it like to be Swiftwind. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. Does. I don't think I'm going to hold out. I'm not going to hold my breath for that. <laughs> it does raise moral questions of like. Are we the good guys if we can't be good for all of us? Yeah, I don't uh, but think... if there's only one sentient horse, I'm not you know. sure if that this show can handle that. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty progressive, and I feel like it's it's pushing boundaries that uh, no other cartoon that I've seen has really tackled gracefully. And uh, there's mm. always more room for progress. Um, one thing about the animation I do want to mention: sure, the sword of protection mm. uh, that Shira holds. Sometimes it just goes in and out of existing. What do you mean? Uh, so, like, if it's on her back, they sometimes won't animate it. Like, it just won't show up. Uh, or it'll go somewhere and we won't see her grab it, but then it'll be back the next time we see her. Like Swords do that. My brain won't let me ignore it, but it's important to the plot. You know, like, it's a plot-relevant item where we need to know if somebody's stolen it, but sometimes it's just not there. Yeah, I guess I kind of there. Like, if it was just a regular sword that, like... Well, where did it go? It was not in this shot, and it was in the other shot. So, what's going on? Like, yeah. Uh, but it's its location on the battlefield is a tense-inducing is a tension-inducing deal. Yeah, like they they use the sword being out of reach as a way to heighten the stakes. So, yeah. I guess I agree that they should keep a little better track of where it is on the on the page. Yeah, yeah it it's it's hanging over my head like like some kind of metaphor. <laughs> yeah, like the, some. Yeah, some some Dame of Damocles. I'm I'm totally with you. It is the plot significant. Like I, I was gonna say, I'm used to that from video games, where it's just like, oh, I have this weapon now. But <laughs> but it it is much more plot relevant here, and we are not controlling Adora, so 
we're not just going to assume it's still in our inventory. It's like we do kind of have to mm-hmm. show that. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, I understand why they might not do, do show it all the time or to, like try to focus on showing it from the back so that we only see the hilt. Yeah. Um, and like you said, sometimes they only use shading sometimes. So like maybe they were, you know, running up against budget. It would explain why they don't always do the uh, transformation sequence. That I think. I think that was more of a let's make sure we finish the show on time kind of thing. Right. Okay. And I do feel like most shows would just reuse done that the same exact different... footage. They've done a mm-hmm. lot of things in the transformation sequence era of, you know, uh, Sailor Moon and, and all that jazz where they would shorten it if they needed to get through an episode quicker. If you go and watch mm-hmm. the... Because I'm a diehard fan of, of Sailor Moon and of this... Bruce Willis. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, saved Christmas. Oh my um, gosh. Uh, I I, <laughs> I went back and watched the transformation sequence, and it's not Willem it's, Dafoe. What am I thinking of? I don't know the bad guy from the first one. Oh, oh uh, 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 Henry Winkler. No, fuck off. <laughs> it <wasn't Henry> Winkler. <laughs> uh, Snape. Uh oh, God, he's the... Alan Richter. Yes, Alan Richter. <laughs> Alan Rickman. Yeah, that there we we got it. <laughs> Rickman. Perfect. Andy Richter. This is going to bug me. You say what you were going to say. I'm going to look this up. Okay. Um, I was going to say, if you go back and watch the uh, Sailor Moon transformation sequence, it is very um, effeminate. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to see the difference in the way that the female form is is portrayed or focused on or not focused on. Yeah. Like the Sailor Moon her battle prowess. Exactly. I, I really like this one. It's a lot more progressive. But then again, I think Sailor Moon was trying to do something different. There was the kind of big focus on like their fingernails being painted and the the outfits being just so <laughs> and the makeup case and you know there's like all these little things that were kind of important to the storyline of Sailor Moon whereas this show is more about the sword and kind of yeah, the empowerment doing, she does that swipe and then she punches her own fist yeah, yeah it's good it's awesome the the empowerment is is big and it shows up when she's in she-ra form like she has her own distinct body language mm-hmm. and her own voice uh that's different from when she's adora it's awesome i didn't really detect it that much to be honest it's 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 there she spends a lot more time you know hands on hip and power pose or like waving her sword around and her voice is a little bit you know more confident a, a little deeper yeah mm. it is but Should she's be. still not super knowledgeable it's not like she gains all the knowledge of she-ra she's still Adora's brain for the most part just with much more enhanced abilities so yeah. that gives mm-hmm. a lot more confidence I think yeah. I think so All right. well, when you can cut a tank in half you kind of <laughs> like you're not worried about the small stuff anymore yeah you don't you don't sweat the paper cuts uh, I think I think that we should start kind of getting toward the end here um, uh, let, let's let's do the intro and then let's do our outro oh how do you guys Andrew, like the what do you intro? think of this intro? <laughs> oh, the intro of... Oh, I, I didn't... <sighs> I'm not prepared to be nice about this. <laughs> I should have spent don't more time it's... planning ahead. I just don't like <laughs> the song at all. Uh, I the, skipped the it every single really time. The song is really something else. It's, it's good after it's... the first 30 seconds, or it's at least excusable after the first 30 seconds, but it just It only exists out. for 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, it's, it's pretty short. Oh, I guess you're I right. Maybe the move. first third of it just sounds like... It reminds me of Miley Cyrus, like... Uh, the yeah. the climber the whatever that song is and I just I don't like it. 
they it's are just really generic auto tune. They're is, really going for a pop pop idol kind of thing, which is is it clashes a little bit with yeah. everything that She-Ra is. Right. I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's like this girl power anthem. Like we must be strong, we must be brave, and I'm like, the show is more subtle than that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. I, it just wasn't yeah. there, or it was instrumental. I don't know. Mixed feelings. I, I have to. I, I've never skipped an intro theme so consistently. Yeah. I, yeah, I have to. I have to admit, I kind of liked it. Really, you're wrong. Yeah, I don't know. It like it got in my hind brain, man. There's Wait, like, what's that? There's something. T- I don't understand music very precisely. I only kind of recognize it through my reactions to it. So, you know, every time Bill Pullman does his speech in Independence Day, I get a shiver up my spine, and I don't know why. And every time I'm listening to you say run in My Hero Academia, I'm like. I'm always going to be pumped. I'm always going to be pumped for uh, "Back to Rise" from uh, you know the 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 fight song from Killer Instinct or whatever. It's I don't know why I like it because all of the design points that we mentioned, you know, it clashes. It should be more subtle. All of those things I agree with. I I just still enjoyed it, and I I can't really tell why. I guess like yeah, it's real positive and confident, and that really tracks with. Adora's poses in the intro like maybe maybe it's not a good song but it is emphasizing the action that they are doing in the intro it, so it just seems like a an intro to a girl focused cartoon and I think that's wrong <laughs> I don't I feel like this show is above what it is but I get yeah, maybe, if it maybe. was on TV you know if this was airing on Fox like yeah I get it they need to have this theme song they need to sell the toys and all that stuff but I, I feel like we should be past this in a way i don't know this was the only moment where i felt like i was not in the the demographic for what i was watching right yeah which is a huge Uh, a huge up to the show that like i'm you know i'm not at all who you would expect the audience of a show like she-ra to be but i'm squarely in the center of of people who love this show sure Um, maybe it's kind of a brony thing (laughs) <laughs> sure well, maybe it's not meant about for the, you so you about the experience ben uh well i mean like i i i enjoyed a lot of my little pony friendship is magic and it wasn't because it was marketed to me i just kind of got fringe benefits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't you know it, i i could respect the good craft in the show and the and the excellent writing and you know good character design uh, and uh you know when they would sing or do jokes that were references to younger folk than I and other genders than I. I didn't enjoy those parts, but it it wasn't exactly for me. So I, I don't know how I don't know how upset I can really get with it. I, I don't know. Do you guys mm-hmm. think that maybe you guys not liking it for various reasons is more of a demographic thing and not a like the the part that I agree with you, Zane, is the fact that it's not subtle and this show deserves to be subtle. But the the lyrics, first of all, being in a pop kind of song thing makes sense to me from demographic perspective. And mm-hmm. also the fact that the themes are friendship and fighting. I mean, that's within the show. It it does make it, sense I, that they're singing about that. I, I think it's just uh, just on a pure musicality level. I didn't like it. I mean, in terms of like demographic, you know, this isn't changing the age, but, you know, my wife hated it more than I did. <laughs> like mm. it's. I, I think it's just not a type of music that I enjoy, and I think that it was tonally a misstep. I, I guess I have to defer to your relative expertise on that. We should get, like, Wendell in here to tell us 
some truths about this intro. We should probably get some women in here. That would be wonderful. Honestly. <laughs> Where are the women at? I, I, I don't know. We don't know anyone. <laughs> oh, so close, Ben. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is your question. It's not my fault I translated it into a meme. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, it absolutely is. <laughs> oh. Listener, write in. Who you, Who do you think is in the wrong here? Is it all of us? <laughs> it's it's uh, Well, it's not Andrew. He's our perfect, pristine He's wife. Pure. He's oh, too pure. He's world. only a boy. <laughs> yeah. Just a boy with a dream. <laughs> like Soldier Boy. Thank you. Oh, Soldier Boy's dream. Well, he has a video game console. Have you seen that? <laughs> he tweeted about it and said, "I'm just a boy with a dream, and I'm so excited that I bought someone bought my first video game console, and it's just like a cash in on this, you know, Chinese like knockoff handheld that has like just ROMs of a bunch of games on it, and now there's the Soldier Boy edition of that knockoff console that costs twice as much." and is still just total infringement on actual video game creators' rights. But it's just, it's a funny <laughs> I'm thing. I'm going to double down on of... this youth culture is bullshit thing. <laughs> you know a lot about Soldier Boy. <laughs> I, okay, Soldier Boy and video games are two of my top passions in this world. And, uh, what does also... that mean? <laughs> that's not true at all. I mean, I love video games. That's, go- that's going in the Cartoni Awards <laughs> clips. Yeah, I, I, so I'm, I'm working on like, you know, uh, sprucing up the website. I'm trans- I'm thinking about a transfer, and so I'm like thinking about what pages to include. And I thought it'd be fun to have like a hosts page with our likes and dislikes. Mm. So let's recall for that host page, <laughs> one of Andrew Spawn's likes, Soldier Boy. Uh-huh. I'm down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, okay then. Thank you. Um, All right, Boar with a Dream. But yeah, uh, just that quote coming from that story makes me happy and i i'm proud to have represented that uh with a reference That's lovely thank you for <laughs> allowing me the platform i mean where else are you gonna get the opportunity we might as well give it to you exactly mm. uh d- let's let's finish up final decision do you guys think this this was a faithful reimagining of Shira? i don't know if faithful is the right word but it is fantastic and fabulous and my favorite tv show currently Really? Yes. And I'm a huge fan of a lot of shows, especially Voltron, but this has taken the cake for me because of its incredible uh, representation and subtlety, and it's everything that I ever wanted, and thank you so much. It does much. a lot of good. It does. Yeah. It's it's a huge step forward for me, and it, it nails so many things that it's going for. Um, mm-hmm. While not... And, and it could have kind of alienated its core audience, but I don't think it's done that either. Does it have a core audience anymore? I don't know. That's a great question. But it's not like um like uh what's it show called? Uh the the reboot of um Archie. <laughs> oh, Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale Robin yeah. Big. It, it's just like where that is just like this is a thing for a totally different group of people than the original content. Mm-hmm. I think this sure. is somewhat at least nominally or at some point in the description aimed at the same audience as the original. I think it, it captures a huge swath of people outside the the core demographic. Yeah, I would say that this this show is so successful at reinterpreting the uh, base parts and giving them new life uh, that I'm willing to say that the old Shira can be more closely considered part of the overall He-Man canon, and that this is the definitive Shira. You know, in the same way that last episode we talked about Alvin and the Chipmunks, um, the '80s cartoon kind of is 
the official cartoon, the the 50s one doesn't really count. It's been superseded. Everything about it has been improved. Yeah. Yeah, this it, this uh this makes the 80s version of She-Ra obsolete. Yeah. I I, it, I agree. It's still worth watching if you really want a lot more She-Ra and you've already seen every one of the new episodes a few times. You're allowed to go back well, and think... watch the original. There's some some enjoyable parts to it, but it's going to let you down in general. It you're only yeah. going to enjoy it if you're into you know that 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 old aesthetic and that old you have to enjoy it through rose-colored glasses i think it's and a lot I, cheesier I, you i will say this it is amazing how much has changed in the animation industry over those 30 years and if you want a prime example watching how shira has been transformed because of the ethics going in because of the technological advancement going in because of the ideals of the creators and the demographic of the creators going in everything has just changed so profoundly and this it's i'm i'm delighted that it has yeah this version is definitely on the the right side of of history in a way like i feel like people making the original shirak are much more uh could be much more villainous in their depiction like i feel like the people who made this show had much better intentions and were much more successful. Yeah, be a bow, not a Catra. Mm. Oh, especially not the 80s Catra. Oh my god, her voice is so <laughs> annoying. Oh, but she could turn into a panther. She could turn into a panther, that's true. She had that going for her. But new Catra is, is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, do we, do we have anything else to say? I would say... Uh, Go look up uh, some She-Ra memes because there's a lot of good ones and uh, a lot of people really <laughs> care about this show and have pointed out some really excellent parts of the show through yeah. the the humor of memes. I uh, I, I <laughs> was not aware of the show until you brought it to our attention. So um, I am very thankful that you got me to watch this show. It's, it's great. We almost told you the entire plot of it, but you should go watch it for yourself. And mm-hmm. you know, look forward to more Shira because it's, it's a fucking good show. Uh, some yeah, similar... thanks for bringing this to our attention. My yeah. pleasure. I, I'm glad that you guys uh, received it well. I thought that you would. Yeah, yeah. You you can trust us on that account. If you want similar experiences for kind of uh, progressive ideals and good animation, Avatar: Last Airbender does a lot of similar things, as well as Steven Universe, which I'm not sure about your feelings on that, but I think that that is a uh, that's a very kind of gender, uh, gender progressive and and gender roles kind of progressive um, cartoon that uh, that that it does a lot of things similar to Shira, maybe in a more overt way. I need to watch it more. I the art style I'm not super crazy about, but I have seen a few episodes and I, I like what they're doing over there. As somebody who is, according to this episode, very much moved by a progressive agenda in their cartoons. Oh yeah. You'll you'll enjoy it enough <laughs> that I think the the aesthetics won't get in your way too bad. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the recommendation. I'll give that a shot. Sure, and let me know if you don't, because I'd be interested in why. Oh, if I don't give it a shot, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure to put like on it. somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, we I can don't do think a it Steven is. Universe episode. I'm down to talk. I don't think it's too much pressure to put on a person to say, hey, I think you'll like this thing, but if you don't, then please let me know why, because I thought it was a slam I'm, dunk. I'm just trying to imagine, like, having to go to somebody and say, like, hey, you know that thing you recommended? I didn't watch it, and here's a reason why I didn't watch I, it, no. and it's because I don't respect we you. Should. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, how, I guess... how often are you in the circumstance where, like, 
you want a person to watch a thing, but you don't want them to dislike it and have to pretend that they liked it. Right, mm-hmm. and just kind of yeah, not. I, I don't know. I think it was just the phrasing was, yeah. was getting Oh, me. I'm not going to stand by my awkward-ass phrasing I think anything. it was I almost kind of... just started saying a bunch of profanity for no reason. But, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Um, yeah. I definitely will let you know my feelings on it, but I for sure will watch it. That's not a question. Yeah. And I do think it's a good thing to normalize uh, giving people negative feedback about things that they like because you don't like it and here's why and here's how we can talk about it. If someone, mm-hmm. you know, gets me a book for Christmas and then the next year asks what I like, what I thought of it, I, I'm okay with saying I didn't like it and here's why. Because it starts a conversation. You get to learn about each other more. And we just have to be kind of okay with having differences of opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I, like tact is tact is one thing, but you you also have to accept that other people have different tastes. And to never get that feedback is is, is not good. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we've yeah, all learned uh, something that, here uh, today. Yeah, we're we're done SJWing for the moment. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah, uh, let's wrap up shop. Sure. Zane, well, Ben, if what? Well, I was gonna ask you. Oh well, I would be thrilled if you asked me. So please do it. Let me try and do that a little little more seamlessly. <laughs> well, I gave you feedback, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. now you know that I'll if like you. It. If you don't want to hear about an overly progressive show, Ben, what are we watching next time? <laughs> uh, yeah, so let, let's get a let's really let's really figure out exactly how profound this progressive change in cartoons is. Uh, we're gonna go watch um, Mama's Boy misogynist himself, Johnny Bravo, next. That should be <laughs> that should be a fun one. The man, the myth, the legend. I Andrew, really liked uh, it as a kid, but I don't know if it's what, what do you up. what do you think of Johnny Bravo, especially coming off of this? Um, he reminds me of Johnny Quest in a way, and uh, I like Johnny Quest a lot. I have somewhat warm feelings of him of that show from being a kid, and then also the uh, Scooby Doo crossover was was pretty sweet. Well, we never hear the end of this Zane. <laughs> of what? <laughs> I, I every time. Anyone from a different podcast comes on, they're like, hey, the Scooby-Doo crossover with Johnny Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> it It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Nick Robes, you're infectious. He is infectious. He's uh, part of the problem here, for sure. <laughs> Nick Robes, part of the problem. We should get him business cards that just say Vector. <laughs> oh, Vector for Here's a our fun poison. game idea. Next convention, ha- have 100 business cards that say Vector and hand out two of them to everybody you meet and see how far you can get it to spread. And put one of them that says patient zero. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then a whole, somebody goes around with a hole puncher that says the cure. And it's like a it's like a game of tag, but with a lot of extra steps. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a very business like version of uh uh the the the, the what is the zombie game that people yeah. play in college? Yeah, the zombies game. Yeah, you know called? what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So, what is that game called? I totally played that, but I don't... Assassins? It's like Assassins. It's kind of a spinoff. Yeah, I don't know it. Wow. Z- zombies versus Santa is like the one that I played. But I don't think that's the standard version. Zane, what are we watching next time after that? Well... After Johnny Bravo, um, we wanted to sandwich that and sort of quarantine it with uh, wholesome barriers. <laughs> you do know so, how much I like wholesome barriers. <laughs> so um, after that, we will be watching the 1990 anime 
Moomin, based on the Moomin Troll series of books. Um, okay. Ben, you remember I'll, reading I'll trust you, man. <laughs> Whatever. I can handle it. <laughs> ben, we watched these over uh, over Christmas with uh, with my in-laws, and we all were just drawn in so much. It was just so cute and wholesome and fun and friendly, and they learned lessons. To, but then are you trying to stress you remember, me out? <laughs> but then you remember that it was made by the Finns, and they're nefarious. Because I feel like you're trying to stress me out. <laughs> Why? And because you're trying to peddle me Brute's Basket again, you fucker. It's not Fruits Basket. I, these, I don't like, trust you anymore. It's like these little waddly hippo, friendly hippo, uh, uh, you know, marshmallow people hanging around and eating breakfast. I, man. So it's Orin High, Orin Fruits High School Club or whatever the hell they are. I wouldn't know. Ben, you oh. read these as a kid. I don't recall this. Finn Family Moomin Troll? You've said the words to me. I don't know what they... Forget it. We're done with this episode. <laughs> We're, okay. Uh, Andrew, would you like to tell us one more time where you come from and where people can check you out? Yeah, it was called uh, Humans vs. Zombies, by the way. But uh, I come from <laughs> okay, a cool. small town on the border of uh, Indiana and Ohio called Liberty indiana oh and it was alan rickman by the way oh yes yes Wonderful. you were right um but my podcast is uh called amusement sparks and you can find it on the fancy bat website fancybat.com and the website for yours oh uh i mean it's on there but amusementsparks.com the youtube channel is called kuyomi c-u-y-o-m-i there's gonna be some new stuff on there that's not theme park related but also a new theme park every three weeks nice mm-hmm well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you want to write in about how much you like to watch teens make out, please go ahead and write into the CartonCast at our Facebook page or go to www.cartoncast.com. Um, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes um, or, or Apple Podcasts, I suppose. I got to get used to that. Um, yeah, uh, send us an email, post on one of our pages, uh, email us on at cartoncast at gmail.com. And more than anything else, tell your friends about the show and fucking watch She-Ra, for God's sake. Yes, please. Yes, everyone. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yes, always. Yes to everyone. That's the message of the show. Aww. Yes, Everybody, yes. <laughs> Freedom. I, I give Omni consent. <laughs> You're included. <laughs> Freedom, equality, and hey for everyone. Soldier Boy Tell. Hey, I got this new damn for y'all called a soldier boy. You got a punch, then crack back three times from left to right. Soldier boy, I'm in it. Why me crack it? Why me roll? Why me crack that soldier boy? That Superman that all. Now why me you? Crack that soldier boy. 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 Now what? Soldier boy, I'm in it. Why me crack it? Why me roll? Why me crack that soldier boy?